As with every episode of Storytellers, this episode may contain themes, storylines, or ideas that may not be safe for work. Headphones recommended, and listener discretion is greatly advised. Storytellers. I'm Derek. I'm joined by the ladies from Wine Dine and Storytime. We're going to get to that in just one second. I'm just going to guess, Cindy, based on your last name, that you know how to speak Spanish. So when you say you took French, it's not like the mistake I made living in California as a Black man who can't speak either <laughs> and chose to take French. <laughs> so when you say you spanish. took french for like five years this is like with the mm -hmm. background of already knowing spanish i took mm -hmm. french knowing nothing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my mom was not like look here you dumb motherfucker what you need to do <laughs> in a state that 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 is like speak spanish and you loving to eat mexican food and you loving to talk to every fucking body that you see it might be a good idea for you to not take French, but <laughs> no, I just want my baby to be happy. <laughs> my son also took French all through high school. And I was like, you dumb motherfucker, you should speak Spanish. And he was like, no, I need to speak French. It's a romantic language. Ugh. And then he was like, proceeded to be really good at French. And I was like, of course you are. Why don't you never take math either? Math is terrible and stupid. Don't take it. See, and the thing is about the language of love, nobody understands what the fuck you're saying. So I can, I, I literally, literally, the, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of French was ordering beignets from my mom when we went to Paris. Perfect. That was about it. Um, <laughs> and translating Lady Marmalade. What did they say in the chorus? <laughs> this is it. Um, this is useful information, so. Right, so which of you three lovely ladies, Cindy, Dana, or Nydia, which one of you three wanna tell them something about yourselves and something about your show? So we are wine, dine, and story time. This is Dana, by the way. Yeah, this is Dana, and um, <laughs> So we, Nidia and I, a couple of years ago, decided to start a podcast and we just wanted to tell each other stories and maybe meet people that had cool stories. And someone, one of us had the bright idea to eat food with it and then quickly realized that that was uh, not the smartest thing to do. So we outsourced Cindy and uh, she's, she's been cooking for us every week. Go ahead, Nid. Um, I'll, I'll, let's give you the origin story of this Thank evil, you. this Thank evil <laughs> thing that we do. Um, we had a book club years ago and, um, all because my neighbor excluded me from her book club. Um, and so <laughs> I was like, bitch, really? I'm not only going to have my own book club. I'm going to make it better than yours. We're going to have it themed. So, um, <laughs> And we're going to have real food. And so, so Dana came, Cindy brought Dana over and we've been friends ever since. So every time we would get together for this book club, which was once a month, everybody would make a dish based on the book that we were reading. Mm -hmm. So every time I would see Dana, it was all of our catching up and we like each other we're friends you know and um I mean I don't call just anybody bitch I, you have to be a bestie <laughs> for me to call you bitch and for me to put you down the way that I put down these two idiots That's right. <laughs> because my love language is abuse and so is theirs apparently so um, oh no 
No, that's what she I mean, you just happen to be my cousin, so <laughs> I just accept you. So, um, so every time I would see Dana, we had all this catching up to do, and we would tell each other these stories, and then it just turned out that you know we we would always have something interesting to share. So we were like, oh, we should start a podcast. At the same time, Dana was really into murder podcasts, and um, she would always come in and she would tell me, oh my god, get the you know, we tell me about these podcasts. That she was listening to and so we were like oh my god let's start a podcast it's it's very easy i've heard it's so <laughs> anybody easy. and we could be millionaires right away oh yeah <laughs> so um yeah so two years later here we are doing it oh and we also um incorporated food because we wanted somebody to cook for us and <laughs> i wish i knew that it was that easy like i would have incorporated food into all of my podcasts <laughs> and had somebody else just show up and happily cook me huge spreads <laughs> of food. Cindy, how did you get roped into this? Like what exactly happened? So what ended up happening is that they, I'm always posting about everything I cook, mm -hmm. big mistake, uh, because then they saw all the recipes I'm making and they were like, why don't you cook for us so that we're not like going to work, coming in to do a podcast, cooking and recording all at once. It's a lot on us. Dummy. And so, yeah. And we so were like, you're so I, good I at it, though. Huh? We were like, you're so good at it, though. So I got roped in it that way. I, I always say I love to cook, but I want to cook on my terms because I don't want people to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And thus, I don't do it as a career career. Mm -hmm. I do it for these two bitches. And so it's, it's been uh, adventurous and every now and then I find out I don't like this texture and I don't like that texture. Or I'm, I'm, I, I'm, allergic. I'm allergic. Did I tell pears. you I'm allergic to pears? Nydia, Nydia turned out she allergic to pears and I'm like, girl, I've known you for 40 plus he years. Why do I not know this? And I, I had to find out during a, an episode. I'm not allergic to pears and I'm also not allergic to peanuts. Even though every time I eat peanuts, I, I end up going into a coughing fit that nearly <laughs> kills me. I'm not allergic to grass, but every time I lay down it, I start itching. <laughs> Nidia logic, it's always perfectly sound. Perfectly sound. I'm not allergic to, babe. So the statement made was, I'm not allergic to peanuts, but when I eat them, I start coughing. But I'm not allergic. You know, I just start itching and I fall out a bit and an EpiPen may need to be used sporadically. But she no. was eating the pears and she's like, I don't know why my throat, it's like, my throat feels like, and I'm like, girl, are you allergic to pears? My throat feels like it's closing up while I'm eating this pear. Does anybody else, is it, is it something you put into the tart? Like, I don't, I don't, albumin like what so like nitty like dana where's the benadryl <laughs> i love this <coughs> this is the this is the wonderful is that cinnamon <laughs> that's our podcast in a nutshell truly <laughs> not a nutshell because that'll kill nidia so. <laughs> it'll just make me cough a little so this is Storytellers, as I said before, and um, I am ultra, ultra, ultra thankful that y'all join me for this one. Um, the way the Storytellers works for new listeners, um, I choose three cards out of a box, and those three cards will become the uh, subject of the story. Uh, two of the cards are the action or the situation, and one card is the person. Um, and then we take those cards and from them we build a story uh the way that the story was built this go around was that um i started the story and then i sent my segment over to cindy uh who built her part of the story each segment of the story is between four to six minutes um after cindy finished her segment of the story uh she sent it to me and without listening to it at all i sent it over to nidia uh <laughs> who then listen to Cindy's part of the story and from her part of the story made a segment of her own. Now, Nydia never got a chance to hear how the story began because I didn't send her my segment of the story. 
Um, and after Nydia finished her story, it got sent over to Dana, who had to finish off the story without ever hearing how the story began. So Dana literally had to close out a story without hearing the first half of the story at all. Um, and I had to start a story without hearing how it would ever finish. And so then we're getting together now to sit down as a group and listen to the story um, for the first time and really find out how things either got messed up as it went along from where I started it at, or they'll be able to see how the road skewed as uh, the story went on. It's a combination of uh, storytelling and also that old school game that we all played when we were kids, telephone. Um, and I'm, again, endlessly grateful that y'all joined me for this. Um, with no further ado, um, we can go ahead and begin. Um, so again, the cards that were drawn for this story were driver of an ice cream truck, key <laughs> that no one else has, and a bumper sticker that offers excellent advice. Now, knowing those three things, knowing what the cards were, and knowing how you close it out, did this go where y'all expected? Well, we I didn't know about the key. <laughs> I didn't know about the key. I have like, no thoughts about a key. Okay. No. Okay. And and being that we have a true crime podcast, I took it in a whole different direction. It was very so you dark. took it to the second location. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I uh, I had some idea. I think I missed the key as well. Although I think I still kept it in, kept a key in my story. <laughs> well, we don't I remember see. hearing about a key. I don't. All right. <laughs> she's like, no, no, you didn't. You didn't do that <laughs> at all. Um, with no further ado, let's go ahead and listen to the first part of the story, which again was done by myself. <clears throat> Charlie arose at 8 a.m. It was way too early for him to be up, but he hadn't been sleeping well recently. And as his father used to tell him, time waits for no man. He looked out the window, saw the gray skies and knew the rain was coming. And he sighed. When he told people he ran his own business, they usually gave him looks of congratulations or surprise. But when he told them what his business was, those looks immediately turned to just pity. Charlie was a businessman, all right. He drove an ice cream truck, which is great. Except he drove an ice cream truck in Portland, where it was never sunny. It rained all the time, like 250 days out of the year. And when it wasn't raining, it was gray and cold. Summers made it to about 78 degrees, which wasn't really ice cream weather. And the parents weren't really open about letting their kids just run out into the street and buy ice cream from them. Or letting them go outside at all, for that matter. Fucking COVID. Charlie hadn't sold an ice cream bar in two months. His savings account, which he had been eating into for the last four months, was beginning to get low. And he was getting worried. Bills were starting to pile up. Bills that he didn't even know he had were starting to become past due. And Charlie was running out of excuses and ways to tell people that he didn't have the money that they thought he had. All he had was his ice cream truck. And he wasn't going to give that up. He couldn't. He had given everything he had to buy that ice cream truck. And just knew that it would be the key to end all of his problems. He rode in that ice cream truck everywhere. It was his only car. When he was just driving it, he didn't turn the music on. And so it was strange when kids saw him, an ice cream truck driving down the middle of a highway with no music and maybe no ice cream. They didn't know. Charlie would always look over at them and wave. And they would wave back, which made him feel good. But his time as an ice cream truck driver was coming to an end. He knew that. Maybe he would drive south to California where it was actually warm sometimes. Or, ooh, even better, he could drive to Arizona where it was always hot. Of course, he had heard there was a pretty big mafia of ice cream truck drivers down there. But he'd be okay. 
He'd make friends. He'd settle in. But what would he do about the debt that he had here in Portland? What would he do about what he left behind? Charlie drove to Albertson's, the local store in the area. He had to buy some more ice cream. Not for the truck, mind you, but for himself. Drivers got to eat too, you know. As he got out of his truck and locked it up, he looked around him. Parking lot was nearly empty. There were only four cars there. A Tesla, a Honda Civic, a Toyota Prius, and a Volkswagen Bug. The Volkswagen Bug was just like any other college student's bug that he had seen around the area. Bumper stickers covered nearly every segment of the back of the car. He was unsure how they could see out the back window. And as he walked past, he looked at the bumper stickers. There was a picture of Calvin pissing on a San Francisco 49ers logo. There was a hang in there bumper sticker. And a I'd rather be saving the earth bumper sticker. Then out of the corner of his eye, he saw a bumper sticker that said, Who you are is not who you will be. He stopped. Read it again. Something about that bumper sticker drew his eye and his mind. And he walked towards it transfixed. He read it aloud. Who I am is not who I will be. Was the bumper sticker talking to him? Did it know about his financial problems? Did it know that he really didn't want to drive this truck anymore? That he really wanted to live his life and pursue his dream? Next to that bumper sticker was a smaller bumper sticker that said, Follow your dreams. Holy shit. Charlie got on his cell phone, called his friend Rory. Rory was always up. He never slept. Hello? Hey, Rory, what's going on? It's Charlie. Charlie, my man, what's up? Hey, I know this is going to sound crazy. Man, crazy is just like you, dog. What's up? You want to go on a road trip? I'm... I would, but, you know, I got Jill over here with me, and bring her, too. Dude, you're telling me you just woke up this morning and decided you wanted to go on a road trip? Are you okay? Rory, I feel better than I have in my entire life. I have to do this. Do you want to come with me? Yeah, man. Let me pack up the van. I'll meet you at your spot in 30 minutes. I have no fucking idea how I came up with that story. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just, sometimes it just pops into your head and you just let it, you see where it runs. Sometimes you write down the stuff. Um, I knew that when it was an ice cream driver, it was going to be one of two things. And I didn't want to make it a murderer because y'all do true crime, <laughs> but I was going to initially, so there's this video game called uh, Twisted Metal uh, for the PlayStation, and there's a character named Sweet Tooth, and Sweet Tooth gr- drives an ice cream truck and just goes around, and he's a serial killer, he just murders people, usually kids, wears a clown mask, didn't want to do that, um, but I'm thought sorry, about it a lot, that for you. <laughs> thought about that a lot, like, I just felt like serial killers and clown outfits go, or ice cream trucks go hand in hand for some reason, and I didn't want to lean in that direction, so <laughs> I guess it's going in that direction, we're gonna find out, but, um, so, yeah, with that said, um, <clears throat> um, I, Dana, I, now that you've heard the beginning of the story, without spoiling anything, did it go the way that you thought it would when you ended the story? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I know Nydia pretty well. So I figured that whatever was said previous to her, she definitely made it 10 times darker than it, she got it. Like, I knew that. I already know that. (laughs) So I wasn't sure exactly where it started, but that really started very innocently. 
did right like i'm tired yeah. of my job it's going nowhere um yes and then somehow thanks to nydia this <laughs> turned into you know um probably uh mickey and mallory uh and and you know um what was that movie oh i just looked at it. i thought about buying it too um damn it um stone or uh, natural born killers yeah uh-huh that's what it was called so that's okay. where nitty is probably going to take us but before we can get there um nope. we still have cindy's segment um cindy <laughs> you, you've heard my segment before mm. um should i know anything before we get started well i definitely uh gave nitty knowing who was going after me i definitely gave nitty an open door okay all right <laughs> Okay, well, all right. Well, it was a damn setup. It was a setup. <laughs> With no further ado, I'm guessing we're about to start hearing how the life of <laughs> how the life of crime truly began. <laughs> With no further ado, here's Cindy's section. Here's part two. Rory and Joe arrive as Charlie is packing up the ice cream truck. Hey, Rory. Hey, Jill. Thanks for being up for this road trip. Charlie knew they'd be up for a road trip. Rory and Jill might be 24-7 gamers, but they live for an impromptu adventure. No problem. Wanted to get away for a while anyway. What you doing with the ice cream truck? Are you selling it? I never thought you'd actually sell your truck. Nah, a friend of mine owns a catering business. They are renting it for a few weeks. They'll be here soon to pick up some keys and drop off some cash. You know, travel money. So where are we going on this road trip? I mostly just need a break from Portland, but I need to meet up with someone in Cali. Charlie's friend arrives to pick up the ice cream truck. Are you sure you don't want to just sell it to me? No, I've got I've got plans for it. I can't get rid of it. Well, if you change your mind, our business is really picking up. I could really use this truck full time. Well, uh, when I get back from my road trip, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Hopefully, the road trip will help Charlie with his financial problems. In his mind, he keeps remembering the bumper sticker. Who you are is not who you will be. Charlie grabs his duffel as he watches his ice cream truck drive away. Rory interrupts Charlie's thoughts. Who you seeing in Cali? I didn't even know you knew anyone outside of Portland. Charlie knows people outside of Portland. They just aren't people that want to be known. Charlie's known Rory for a few years, but Charlie had a whole other life before Portland. This was a long time ago. They just old friends in L.A. We haven't spoken in a few years, and I'd like to reconnect. Well, then let's go. That's like a 16-hour drive on a good day. They all settle in their seats, and Rory turns on the music as he heads towards the highway. Charlie hopes the I-5 traffic isn't crazy, but you never know. He's just glad that change is coming. And hopefully that change is good change. Hopefully it's a positive change. Charlie wakes up five hours later to see Jill driving and Rory's passed out in the passenger seat. Jill's got some true crime podcast playing with some 40-year-old woman describing a murder in gruesome detail when she realizes Charlie's awake and pauses the podcast. Hey, We stopped a couple hours ago, but you were knocked out. I'll stop soon so you can stretch and take over driving. No problem. About two hours later, after going into the bathroom and and getting something to eat, Charlie's behind the wheel. Six hours later, Charlie sees the Welcome to the State of California sign, and his mind starts to race. Is he making the right decision? Should he just sold the ice cream truck? Making this trip all over a bumper sticker on the back of a Volkswagen bug that was at the Albertson? 
All it said was, who you are is not who you will be. And he can't stop thinking about that damn bumper sticker. It was a setup. I, I see it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I, okay, okay. Uh, Cindy, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, I know Nydia. <laughs> I knew Nydia. Um, I I had multiple ideas going. I was like, if it's gonna be Nydia, no matter what I put down, I could put flower and roses that he was plucking, and she'd still murder somebody. So, <laughs> so I don't know if she does, but we'll see. I guess. But yeah, yeah, I, I figured I'd give him a could be dark background. Doesn't necessarily has to be dark, but he had a whole other life before Portland. <laughs> I see that. I was like, okay, so this dude, first of all, it sounded like the guy he's tr who's trying to get him to sell the truck. That dude probably sells drugs. That's what I was thinking. Like he probably sells drugs <laughs> out the truck. And um the 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 true crime podcast i was like okay that's uh, that's 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 par for the course okay right. <laughs> um this whole thing has gotten a lot just i don't know how i don't know why but it just sounded darker as the conversation went on i think it's your voice uh -huh. your voice is made to murder somebody that's wait until the next voice <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> Okay, I'm glad that we're doing this right around uh, uh, October and Halloween and all because I didn't realize that two out of three of y'all were literally Morticia Adams from the Adams family. They are, they are. And I literally, me and my wife dressed up as uh, Morticia and Gomez for one Halloween. So yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. You, you know what? Real talk. One of my favorite couples of all time. Folks talk about- they talk about the wrong folks when they talk about relationship goals because it isn't the Joker and Harley Quinn. It's it's Morticia and Gomez, Definitely. in my Definitely. opinion. Um, so going back to Dana, Dana, now yeah. that you've heard the whole first half of the story, are we so, closer to where you end up at without spoiling anything? So it sounds like in the first half of the story, he's leaving the ice cream truck behind. Mm -hmm. And... He finds it, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding, he still has an ice cream truck. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, we will go from there to see the artistry that is Nydia. Yeah. Um, Nydia. Uh, in my defense, I have to say <laughs> that I took inspiration from Cindy's tone of voice and and her choice of placing certain characters and certain situations the she made the the bumper sticker seem like something somewhat of an obsession and initially when i heard about the ice cream truck when i heard about the ice cream truck i was like oh it sounds like he's selling drugs out of it and so i was i was going to go there and i was like no but she wouldn't have made it such a thing unless she wanted me to go deeper with the bumper sticker. So I went the other way of, you know, I think of ice cream truck, I think you're selling drugs or you're killing people because ice cream is never innocent. It's never innocent. See, How dare you speak of ice cream so atrociously? <laughs> I just want to point out that I just found out today that um, there's a cookie butter ice cream bar and, um, yeah, my world just kind of just halted for a second and <laughs> oh, we're going to yeah. go from there. Um, yeah. But with no further ado, let's prepare for a Let's prepare for a scare. <laughs> Wait for the voice on this. If you haven't heard it yet, the voice no, on this is, uh, is something ready. to behold. <laughs> okay. Well, with no further ado, let's get to Nydia's part, part three of the story. Charlie had been dealing with these obsessive thoughts more and more frequently in recent times. He had tried to push them deep down, but he knew his demons wouldn't stay asleep. He needed a fix. When he saw the pretty girl in the Volkswagen, he didn't give her a second thought until he saw the bumper sticker, that is. 
when he read the words, who you are is not who you will be, it seemed to trigger his animal nature. He felt that all too familiar feeling deep in his belly. His heart raced and his vision became instantly sharper. He craved her blood like a tiger in mid-hunt, the sticky, slippery, metallic, warm liquid that flowed from his victims was soothing like a mother's womb, and he craved to be back there. This one would be his last, he promised himself. Her name was Valerie. He lured her to his truck with that whimsical melody and promise of delicious chocolate crunch cake bars, her favorites. Over the tasty treats, he learned her name and address. She was only in Portland, visiting family for spring break. She attended Loyola Marymount University, but was unsure about continuing her pursuit of a law degree. She willingly shared all of this with Charlie, because who wouldn't trust an ice cream truck driver? After Charlie relocated from California to Portland, he knew he needed to change some things, or the police would catch on. His ice cream truck had been an untraceable twist. Predictable hunters were foolish and sloppy. No one with Charlie's thirst for blood stays prolific without making some changes. He knew this, and that was precisely why he bought the truck and maintained friendships with his neighbors. Charlie was thoughtful. He was generous. He was a good friend. He was great at keeping secrets, especially his own, and he knew the police would not be able to find him. Rory and his girlfriend Jill had no idea they were his alibis on this road trip. Even if this were all to blow up in Charlie's face, those two would be so distracted with their games, they would lose track of time and be unreliable with keeping track of Charlie and his comings and goings. If they were to be questioned, they would most likely confuse detectives with their foggy stoner memories of the night. Was he home on the night of the 16th? Yeah, man. He was in the next room while we played Call of Duty. Charlie had it in his head that hearing Valerie's last breath would cure him and help him finally end that constant craving. She would be the positive change he needed in his life. Charlie dropped Rory and Jill off at the hotel and told them he would pick up some Chinese food for dinner on his way back from his friend's house. They gave him plenty of time to fulfill his destiny. He pulled right up to the apartment a mere 10 minutes later. The traffic gods had been kind to him. The apartment was just as Valerie had described it. Her Volkswagen was parked near the dumpster. Charlie thought her predictability was so convenient. Women could be so predictable and trusting, he thought to himself. He grabbed his trusty duffel bag, the one he used for all his jobs, and stepped out of the van and into the balmy L.A. night air. As he climbed the steps to her apartment, he kept asking himself, Am I making the right decision? Will this last kill cure me, or am I destined to roam the streets forever in that godforsaken ice cream truck looking for victims until I'm discovered? He made it to her door and crouched down on the floor. He knew that when he knocked, she would look out of her peephole and be suspicious of his presence. He knew that once she heard the knock and didn't see anyone, she would still open her door. And that's when he would grab her by her legs and enter her apartment. It would be quick and she wouldn't even see him coming. It was the perfect plan. Three quick knocks and he heard her footsteps. Charlie's heartbeat was remarkably steady. He was a fine-tuned hunter. Who is it? Valerie called out in the familiar, friendly tone Charlie had committed to memory. <laughs> Do you see what we work with? Um, first of all... The darkness. First Great writing, Nydia. Um... Um... <laughs> Nydia's sitting in shame in her corner. You see her, right? Um, Nydia, that was 
fucking fantastic. Oh, like, it was so good. What the fuck? Like, okay, wait, wait, no. Before I do this, Cindy, mm-hmm. what do you think? I um, I figured she'd go a different route, but I figured somebody was gonna get murdered. I just didn't figure it was. Um, I didn't figure it was gonna be this way. I I definitely knew some kind of crime or crime syndicate or something was gonna be involved. Um, she definitely took it. Uh, it, it way there, Nydia. Damn. Great writing. I gotta give you that much. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm I'm sitting here as the person who started this story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I did. I, officer, I didn't know. Look, I am sitting. I am. I am. I. I. As a black man, I didn't know it was gonna go here. Okay, I'm, I'm not a part of this. These three wonderful <laughs> women of color, they did this. I did not. I, I didn't expect this to turn it into an episode of Dexter. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I. Oh my god, that was great. Um. So, Nydia. Yes. What do you have to say for yourself? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was driving home from zombie paintball that night. <laughs> and I kept listening to Cindy's part. And I kept thinking, why is she feeding me this ice cream truck? Why is she including Rory and, and Jill? Why are these components? What is important about the bumper sticker? What is her tone? And what has, what, how do I incorporate his past life without knowing the beginning of the story? And then I also have this like really weird ASMR thing that I like at night, which is why I love Dana's nighttime voice when she does mm-hmm. like the intro thing. Um, so I was like, okay, it has to be bedroomy, like what Cindy gave me. Because her voice also changed and turned very bedroomy. So as, as if you can, if you notice it, if, if you were to paint this story, mm-hmm. you would start out with a bright color and then it would suddenly turn yeah. darker and I darker. I see the grades, yeah. And so it got darker and darker and darker. And I also needed to give Dana some type of climax for her to, to wrap it up and be able to I was kind of hoping she would make the girl a hero. I fucking doubt it. Um, <laughs> the way that you set Charlie up is literally, I love Dexter. Like my <laughs> beloved wife and I were just talking about yes. Dexter with my mom a few days ago. I love Dexter. I take credit for introducing my wife to Dexter because I read the books. Oh, so they're the sibling. They're the, they're the series of books by, about Dexter. And the first one is Darkly Dreaming Dexter. And so I read the books and I believe I gave her the books to read. And that's where this whole thing started. That's literally how Dexter would have written this story. And this is I'm so happy right now. I am so <laughs> like when I finished my part of the story, I was so scared. Like, I I don't know if I set this up in a way that it's going to go anywhere good. I don't want this to be a a dud of a story. And I am so happy that I gave this story to three women who talk murder for a living. (laughs) This is the best. And in hindsight, it's like I rolled you a baby bouncer and kickball. And they told everybody to come in field, like come in close, and you just booted it out the park. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Um, I do have um I do have one question before we go any further. And for <laughs> listeners, I, I urge each and every one of y'all, I'm just gonna stop right now for a quick break and say, listeners, again, they do the wine, dine, and story times podcast, podcast. Um, I just I just put my puppy out. Um, podcast. And it comes out every Wednesday and it is a theme and y'all need to check it out. Um, how'd the whole podcast cult thing come around when you guys do the prayer before you eat? So we're going to get to the stories. Yeah. 
But first, the food. Let us pray. Bless us, O patrons, for these Thy gifts which we are about to receive from Thy donations through Patreon every month. Podcast. Cult? That actually, um, that was our one-year anniversary. We started, we had like a one-year, it's our one-year, and we started Patreon mm-hmm. on our one-year. And when we started the Patreon, that that episode on our one-year was a cult-themed episode. And we were trying to figure out a way, I guess Nydia was trying to figure out a way to like thank our patrons because they like sort of showed up for us, you know, in a way Mm -hmm. that we just really weren't expecting. And so that's, we decided like we should, we're going to eat dinner. We should say grace. We should have a prayer before we eat dinner. And it's, you know, a prayer to thank our patrons. And then Cindy just said it, you know, just said cult at the end of the prayer and <laughs> it stuck you know it's well, one of my favorite up, parts of the show i grew up very religious so me and dana also dana too and we yeah. both used to like close our eyes gotta have it whatever yeah. our prayer would happen <laughs> and we were like what the fuck and so i was like it just felt like this can't be an amen kind of situation we're about to talk about somebody who gets buried in the backyard amen. yes yes so so i it felt like okay you know we have a patreon cult you know so that's where it came from it just felt natural yeah instead of amen <laughs> i i approve wholeheartedly Yes, also, um, um, I, I ever since I was little, I always wanted to have a cult, oh, and God Cindy yeah. told that about me. <laughs> so, um, because I do the prayer, she's always like thinking, like, is this the first steps of a cult? Like, you know what I mean? So I think like we were talking about the cult, and then she started bringing it up. Oh, Lord. definitely is the first steps of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I. I look forward to that every single time. I laugh every time I listen to it. Um, and so I was like, while I have them on my show, because while I would love to have y'all on again, and you're always welcome, you know, it, it might be a, a bit of time between episodes. So I was like, let me ask this now. And I believe that I have given enough time and space uh, to where people have built up Antissa. Haitian for um for Dana's part of the story so Dana having yeah. heard the entire story to quote my beloved wife's favorite show did you fuck it up <laughs> I think it's a good and logical conclusion somebody to... dies okay <laughs> motherfuckers die at the end of this album okay that works for me wholeheartedly i would have been mad i'm telling you right now the way that my life is set up and the way that this story is gone if she makes it out alive and he makes it out alive and the cops come in and they intervene i will flip this desk over in my mind i'm not gonna do it in real life like, that would be- i will just give you one little bit of like i would never let the cops be the good guy so yes. <laughs> Cold. Um, so, with no further ado, let's go ahead and close this story out um, with Dana's segment. Valerie had finally been having a peaceful day. Spring break was just the thing that she needed to help sort out her thoughts. The weather had been perfect, and stumbling upon that ice cream truck brought her right back to her childhood and put her in such a nostalgic mood, not a place she often let her mind wander to. Valerie was surprised by the knocking at her door, but skipped over to open it. When no one responded to her call, asking who was there, she instinctually felt a pang of uneasiness in her gut. An intuition deep within her to be fearful was an unfortunate side effect caused by her innate interest in all things macabre. As soon as she acknowledged the fear she was feeling, she shook it off, slightly embarrassed. She admonished herself for being so silly. There was no reason to be scared of every unexpected knock on the door, even if it was kind of late for visitors. With her hand on the doorknob, she looked through the peephole, craning her neck back and forth, but she could not see anyone on the other side. Had she imagined it? No, she couldn't have. There were three clear, loud knocks. She couldn't see that Charlie was crouched down just out of sight. She had no clue that real danger was inches away behind the safety of her locked door. She called out again, asking who was there. 
Her sweet voice sent a wave of excitement through Charlie. He almost couldn't contain himself. When again she got no response, she hesitated before finally deciding to just open the door and look. She rolled her eyes at her irrational fear. She reminded herself to just trust her training. Trust that her older sister had taught her everything she had known about fighting. Even though she had given up on jujitsu after Violet died, she had thrown herself into a law degree to try and quell the pain of her absence. The practice was deep within her. The moves would always be second nature to her, and she had been one of the best. Valerie was only ever second to her sister Violet. They were each a force to be reckoned with, winning tournaments all along the West Coast with ease since they were very small children. A slight smile crept across her face momentarily when she allowed herself to think of Violet, and it faded just as quickly when she remembered that she was no longer here. Violet's death had almost broken Valerie. She wanted to give up on life, but a small voice inside her, one that sounded an awful lot like her older sister, helped her get up and keep going on the toughest days. She never spoke of her sister or fighting anymore. It was all just still so raw. The sisters had been opposite in every way, and fighting was the one thing they had in common. She just couldn't step foot on a mat again without her sister in her corner. Shaking the thoughts of Violet from her mind, Valerie pulled open the door. Charlie was calm. His breath was slow and steady as he waited to pounce on his prey. He had anticipated every one of her moves. She had done exactly what he expected her to do, and he reveled in how smart he was. As the door opened, he rushed forward and swooped in at her knees. He was able to grab her left leg, causing her to stumble, but her reflexes were still remarkably quick. He was only able to grasp the jeans of her right leg with his hand. This he was not expecting. The slight distance she was able to put between them was all the advantage she needed. When the force of her elbow drove Charlie's face into the tile floor of her entryway, he realized maybe she was not as predictable as he had thought. She yanked Charlie's head by the hair and kneed him in the face three times in rapid succession. When she was sure her attacker was unconscious, she turned him over and realized it was the ice cream man from earlier? Why? How? Assessing the scene, she noticed the bag he had brought with him tucked just outside the door where he had been hiding. Almost immediately, she put together what his intentions were. And then suddenly, like the memory was drawn up in her mind by another worldly force, she remembered the morning she was leaving for college in her old beat-up VW. She could see it like a movie playing in her mind, her sister slapping that weird bumper sticker on the back of the car. She hadn't known the significance in the moment, but the words, who you are is not who you will be, made perfect sense to her now. She would never be a lawyer. The idea seemed even laughable. But she would make sure justice was served, starting with this asshole. Charlie was right about one thing. Valerie would cure him of his cravings. He would never experience a craving of any kind, ever again. And as she dragged Charlie's limp body and dusty bag of tricks into her apartment, across town, there were two stoners wondering how long would it be until he would be back with their Chinese food. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. So and now I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I said initially that I'd be mad if somebody didn't, if she didn't die, but that works for me and I'm okay. And you know what? You know what? Nidia, 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 you set that up perfectly by saying that he was going to go for her knees and you saying jujitsu. That's like the one where they're like, uh, 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 like the like the uh, the elbow to the back of the head and shoot the knees and all that kind of stuff. So ooh, UFC shit rocks. <sighs> I set it up for her perfectly. I knew she wouldn't. I knew she would not. She would not let me down. I I know Dana is a very good storyteller, um, which is why her son is studying journalism. Um, the apple does not fall far from the tree, but, um, I knew she was going to make her the heroine and I just was interested in how she would take that. And she did not leave, let me down. That was awesome. Oh my God. Cindy. <laughs> I, I loved it. Loved it. I, <laughs> I knew she would make her the heroine either that, or there was going to be some kind of twist or turn. Whoever was mm -hmm. supposed to be on top would win. Because she has to go with the positive way. I just didn't know um, <clears throat> which direction she was going to go with. But the jujitsu makes sense. Uh, Dana's son did jujitsu, didn't he? He did. And he was here when I got Nydia's portion of the story. He was here for the weekend. So I was like, this guy is crouched down behind the door. Like, how do we do that? And he's like, 
shows me jujitsu moves and I'm like, okay, I can write that. <laughs> I can show you better than I can tell you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you got to put distance between each other. I'm like, yeah, yeah, distance. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when he was crouched down and she still opened the door, I was like, you stupid motherfucker. And then <laughs> the door opened and he walked straight into ass whooping city. And I was so happy that it turns out, I'm just going to say he's dead. Like she murdered mm. him, which is excellent because I know that she's in law school and all that. Yet she still has this dark passenger with her that needs blood <laughs> and it's her sister. And so he, she saw somebody who need, I'm really thinking about Dexter. I'm sorry. I don't want to get sued. Um, what were your thoughts, Dana? When other, so, so other than your son telling you jujitsu moves, what were your thoughts when you well, got the story? I simply could not let her be killed. That was my first thought. Mm -hmm. I simply could not let her be killed. And then I was the way Nydia was like describing the blood and the like the lust for blood. I'm like, is this a vampire story? And that I wasn't <laughs> sure about. And so then I'm like, if he if she kills him, like, how does a human kill a vampire? You know, I'm still waiting. <laughs> But then I, but then I remember that she said he had a bag of tricks and I'm like, vampires don't need like bags of like weapons. Right. So I'm like, mm -hmm. he's probably just a, some sort of socio sociopath or like serial killer or something. Mm -hmm. So, so that's where I thought maybe she would take up his, his serial killing behaviors. I am so fucking happy right now. Like I can't <laughs> even, I can't even put it in the words. This is literally, oh my God. Oh my God, this is the best. This is the best. Um, Can I just say that I love that Dana took um, like the bigger components of my story and she extended it. Like she mm -hmm. gave Valerie a past and a reason for, for you know, having like the, the issues. Like she gave her the, the contention with being in a lot in law school. Mm -hmm. She gave her the... Um, the, the the ice cream thing that put her in the, the nostalgic mindset she gave her you know what I mean and she she also incorporated Rory and Jill that were back at the at the hotel so she didn't leave that 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 you know ravel unraveled and she also uh, quelled his his thirst you know what I mean his his cravings mm -hmm. so I, I like that she like wrapped it all up and ended it oh good <laughs> I gotta say, I love the fact that the bumper sticker made it to the end mm -hmm. and same with the ice cream truck, I guess, but the bumper sticker made it all the way to the end of the story I, too. I, I I just thought he was gonna go on a treasure hunt. Like <laughs> <laughs> So for me, I actually had a feeling where he would probably just change his identity and have, you know, get rid of all his finances or <laughs> something like that or or come back and turn the ice cream truck into infused weed ice cream. I don't mm -hmm. know. That's what I was thinking, you know. But, uh, but that, yeah. That's why we write the stories. That's why we play the game. Like, this was such a gift. This was. This story was wonderful. Like, um, I, I, I. I am certain that y'all will be back. Um, and I have ideas when I have you back again that will um, make this even more remarkable than it already is. Um, I want to thank y'all for joining me. Um, it was an absolute gift. I've, I've loved y'all from afar for <laughs> quite a while. Um, the feeling is mutual, trust me. Uh, yes. And so it is just, it is, it's um, the last time we got together, Nydia, you weren't able to be with us. So um, that went on to the Patreon, but this time listeners are getting to hear the full effect of the magic that are the uh, three sisters of fate. Um, <laughs> and so again, do y'all want to tell them where they can find you out on your Facebook page, on the Facebook group that you have and, and, and the show and, and Patreon, the whole nine yards, the floor again is yours. 
Go ahead, Cindy. That's your gamut. Oh, I was about to say that's a. I, I was looking at Dana. So uh, we're on Twitter, WD Storytime. We're on Instagram, uh, Wine Dine Storytime with no and. And we're on Facebook, Wine Dine and Storytime. Uh, we're even on TikTok, Wine Dine Storytime, WDST. Um, even we use WDST for a lot of uh, initials, so like Patreon and all of that. So. They can find us anywhere. There's a link tree. Link tree. WDST. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I'll put that into the show notes. That's usually the easiest way for mm-hmm. everybody to find everything that they need as far as um, things for your show. Um, I have this no words. This was so fun. Like, we have <laughs> been all awesome. week. We're like, I can't wait until Thursday. I can't <laughs> wait to talk. I hear your story. I just, this was so fun. This is the idea behind this show is so smart. It's so fun. I, 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 I yeah. love it. I love this show so much. Like as much as I love Sin and Solace and I love it to pieces, this is probably my, it's it's up there for my fondest creation um, <laughs> because it does two things. One, it takes imagination and puts it to a a completely different platform and also it shows everybody that they can be storytellers like you can tell a story and we just proved that in such a dynamic way like cheesy peasy (laughs) Um, but these two I knew uh well we know your skills but these two I knew had that ability I was oh I was nervous about whatever I wrote but I, and I now knew Nydia was going to go dark. I think so you did I, I definitely had to give her the in. <laughs> because if, if you had not set it up that way, it would not have gotten knocked out the park the way that it did. So um, I made my section vanilla and y'all <laughs> made it into a dump cake and just completely <laughs> made magic with it. Like a, a, a monkey bread, dump cake with this and that and the side i'm just hungry i'm just hungry (laughs) um but again ladies thank you so much um y'all can check out the show well you're already checking out the show but you can check storytellers out on twitter at storytellspin now that's spelled the same way the disney cartoon was so that's storytellspin oeo uh you can also um (laughs) contact us on um facebook we have a storytellers group um the storytellers page on facebook isn't so much like the show as it is me promoting people who write books and uh uh, independent authors who have bookstores things of that nature and funny anecdotes that i find um you can support the show on Patreon, um, patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, if you want, you can also donate to the show at uh, buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Um, and let me see, what else? Oh, if you want to leave a voicemail, 916-633-1537. Um, and the email address is... Wow. Ratchet and ratchet and ratchet. No, it's not ratchet and ratchet at gmail.com. Oh, that's, right. that's the crazy <laughs> thing about it. I, I really almost said that. It is not ratchet and ratchet. It is it is storytellerspod at gmail.com. It is. It's it everything. I have an email address for each one of my separate shows. It's it's wild. Gmail is like you again. And I'm like, yes. Um, so storytellerspod at gmail.com and I think that about wraps it up. This is a Ratchet Book Club uh, subsidiary, uh, but storytellers mm-hmm. came before Ratchet Book Club, as it mm-hmm. is. Um, but from the bottom of my heart, I, I just want to thank y'all, Cindy, Dana, Nydia. Thank you so much for making this story just incredible. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to having y'all back already. Like I said, I have uh, ideas in mind that are literally going to just make your 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 brains pop. Um, <laughs> Anytime. We can't wait. We're so excited. <laughs> but for it. the... Hmm? Uh, We're into it, man. <laughs> for the ladies of Wine Dining Storytime, I am uh, Derek. Again, thank y'all so much. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. Bye.
theme music for Storytellers was provided by Revolution Void, and it's called Someone Else's Memories. You can find it at the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.